Hi, it's uh, Spencer Blackaller here from War of Love, and uh, my guest today is James Finney from the podcast The Best a Man Can Get. We've met uh, a few times and spoken a few times. We met on a um, course we're doing together with London Real, which is a podcasting course. Um, he, uh, I asked him to give me a bit of a bio before the uh, before the interview started, and uh, he said he was born, he was fed, and he was given walks in a pram and a pound every week from his nan. Whilst wanting to build a multi-thousand-pound train set in the 80s, he loved Lego and pretty ladies. He went to school and intellectually peaked at 11. Took up fighting and selling porn in the school play playground, and then went on to an illustrious career in failure. He woke up from self-pity at 44, being bankrupt twice, and now likes drinking coffee in the morning and just taking people, talking to people, while sometimes hating the stupid and even more so himself for letting them get that stupid. Um, James, that's uh, quite a bio. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. Yes, um, it was all of my own making. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, um, uh, I kind of wanted to get you on, really, uh, because of the uh, interviews we've had together. I obviously had an interview on your show, fun uh, yeah. really, and um, just to try and bring a bit of humour to uh, me and my listeners. Um, and here we are, and early on a um thursday morning trying to do that i suppose so yeah, you don't um, even know what day it is do you <laughs> <laughs> i don't <laughs> so uh first of all like out of your bio I, uh the thing that interests me is the uh I would, and i want to hear more about is the the selling porn in the school, school playground can you uh elaborate on that story a bit more well yeah um i, I needed cash for uh, i was big into my music and CDs were out and CDs were expensive so um, what I used to do is I just get my dinner money which was like mm -hmm. a pound a day uh, I think it's a lot more nowadays isn't it school dinner <laughs> but um, yeah it was a pound a day but what I would do with that pound is I would just either get buy chewits which were 10p a pack so I'd have two or three of those um, for my lunch and that would save me about 70p a day but that over the course of a few weeks would nearly get me an album however you still need more cash flow. So um, the best resources uh, for a teenager in a high school was uh, your dad's porn collection. So I just uh, took pages out of it. Uh, I think he, we've never had the discussion, but he's got books at home where um, they'll have no pictures. They'll just be stories with no pictures, um, which might be better for his imagination. But I used to sell those pictures. Um, uh, another friend of mine, yeah, we found like, jazz mags we, we got put on a work placement uh, where you know you have to do be introduced to the working life you know and they make you work hard by making tea and fetching stuff that doesn't exist um and in this loft of this uh, builders merchants we found lots of male entertainment uh which we stole and then sold <laughs> about 50p a page uh, it was quite lucrative really uh, i don't think the girls were impressed but Hey, how you know, we were, it was the 80s, and that's what you did in the 80s, wasn't it? It was indeed, and it, it, interestingly, I mean, I've, I've, uh, it's so interesting, because I've told this story to a few people, uh, a similar, uh, and, and I've never had anything back, especially before I even told the story. Now, this is perfectly, perfectly true, as you, as you by <laughs> now, because I haven't told you this story before, but when I was, um, when I was a teenager, I had a paper round and uh, uh, in the morning before school, and um, 
I uh, used to go used to go into like the sort of back room to collect your papers before mm. you'd go out to um, before you go before, before you'd t- do your round kind of thing. And then one one morning I was out the back and there was this big wad of mag of porn magazines and um, mm. uh, and and well, there was loads of porn magazines. And I just couldn't resist and. Um, uh, what I started doing, I think, I think there was, I think there was a, about a week of recovery, and I would just like slip a few of these porn magazines out the uh, uh, bag, put them in my paper bag, and um, you know, mm. do them around. And then I would take them to school and sell them at school. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I did that one week, and the and the next week I uh, went to do the same thing, and there was a big, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, wedge in one of them which had which was a video and uh, it was obviously oh, VHS bit, yeah it was a VHS in those days and it was obviously a bit quite bulky so that obviously got noticed um, yeah. uh, when, I, when I took and I yeah sold that one at school and um, yeah the, the, the head boy uh, knew who it was and um, basically said it was me which is fair enough because because he did, didn't want to get fired himself so i got asked to return the video and i hadn't sold it at that point so i i went back the next day with my sort of tail between my legs uh, with a video yeah. and you know and basically said well thank you for bringing it back but you do realize you're fired don't you I was like, yeah i think so so <laughs> and that was that and that was my i think you could have negotiated with that you could have kept <laughs> that and says this this man tried to give me these videos and then uh, he would have had to pay you off to uh, not talk about it isn't that how the world works <laughs> well yeah well it, it possibly would have been if i was yeah if i'd have a different generation maybe i don't know um mm. so and and fighting in the school playground as well i can't imagine you fighting in the school playground sound like... look at my face doesn't it give you any clues as to that <laughs> um yeah I, when i moved to the high school uh the bullying was quite rife because i was a bit of a posh snob and a spoiled brat and a know-all basically um so i pulled in a lot of antagonism uh, in the physical form <laughs> so after getting uh, a bit sick of it i uh, i just took up bodybuilding i saw arnold schwarzenegger running around in red heat in his white vest and i was like yeah that's 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 the fix so i got on my mum's catalog uh, got a load of weights on you know the 38 week terms where you could pay two pound a week over 38 weeks so i got that out the catalog got home one day from school and there was 150 kilograms of plastic outside the front door which I then had to take inside and put into its working order and in my tiny room I started working out um I also bought supplementation and I ate loads and then I got to a point where I was really big enough just to have a good fight and actually to be honest when they saw me in the gym no one antagonized me anymore oh really yeah yeah Sort of accepted into the pack just by the fact that I grew faster. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, and and yeah, looked stronger, but but yeah, possibly did, did you did you feel did you feel more confident and stronger in in yourself? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna resume that because um, I did enjoy it. I've done it at several points in my life, bodybuilding, and uh, it was it taught me a bit of discipline and a bit of focus, and it gets out a bit of angst. Uh, mm. You can't be picking up something that's ridiculously heavy and virtually busting all your vessels and having a bit of satisfaction as a result of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, oh, um... I, my favourite buzz, it, it does give it a huge uh, adrenaline thing, is uh, when I used to do the leg weights like squats 
and do it as heavy as you possibly could and then you wouldn't be able to walk afterwards you've only done six reps but you just can't walk to the car you're just all over like a newborn stag or deer you're just falling over the place that's brilliant i like that yeah oh wow, wow. i like that level of yeah. burn yeah yeah and do you think it's sort of uh, i mean sort of how does it help you uh in your emotions or sort of does it help you in sort of feeling powerless and just stuck and what you know is it yeah um it's i know in some ways you know in a gyms where you see men stirring at themselves and they're flexing away yeah i didn't do that bit but what i would do is if i was doing the actual repetitions and watching the muscles in the in the mirror as opposed to watching me or my overall appearance i was never about the appearance it was about how fast can i grow that how big can i get it Look at that vascularity. I could, I've made that happen. Um, it was. It becomes an obsession with detail. It's a bit wow. like it's a bit like engineering or making a suit, isn't it? It's like you're trying to make this perfect thing. Um, wow. But I, but I still liked cake, so I was never ultimately cut because <laughs> cake and biscuits are superb. <laughs> Hence the effect on my face now, where it's just collapsed from some form of I don't know diabetes type sixty two or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you said you said that uh, you know one of the best tools you have for dealing with emotional pain is is to eat shitloads of sugary food, which makes you physically yeah. sick, but then you forget about your own mental illness. Um, mm. Is that is that something that you see yourself as, like you know that that uh, some some someone with a mental illness? I think I think we all have. It's mental illness is a weird label. We all have our foibles to a degree, and it mm. depends on the time of day, uh, how much they're triggered, I believe. Yeah. Uh, whether you're hungry, whether you're ill-slept, uh, you're disturbed by the environmental conditions of the day. These all bring out madness, so to speak. Um, it, it's like if when you're wandering around a supermarket, there are so many trigger points in there. It's like if you've got a little bit of money, it's, it's weird, I've had this thing since a child in regards to subject to money, but you're looking at food and I'm deciding my diet by budget, and I, and I mean quite literally, not a case of, um, oh, I need to get blah. I'll say, oh, look, six chocolate clubs for a quid. I love that. As opposed to uh, four apples for a quid. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a weird psychology that I've, I've gone along with on the, uh, the money front. Um, but, yeah, in regards to the madness, yeah, um... I, I personally think we all there's a small minority on the planet who don't have that they've handled it uh, or mm. they've successfully locked it up in a some sort of non-physical cupboard and thrown away the keys uh, but uh, people like you and I we have to uh, keep on plowing away until we've um, found our own little cupboard to bury the stuff in really yeah 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 I mean what about um, so so I mean how how much do you think money then obviously it sounds like money's quite uh, quite relevant to to your state of mind really maybe uh, or, or at least that's, has been yeah um, that's come from a young part of my life i think where i've wanted so many things and was unable to get them because i wasn't allowed to work uh, mm. i think by the age of 10 i hated the education system because i couldn't go to work i, I couldn't mm. produce or make exchange and then the first exchange I got was a newspaper round where you paid a couple of pence per paper and it took ages to deliver it all. And then and then some 
knobhead would say oh well, you didn't return all those papers so we're going to fine you for that paper or blah 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 and he ended up having done the round for about a week and got paid £2.30 um, it sets off an early hate for capitalism so after having mm. uh, incentivization and wanting to have these things and then being crapped upon by news agents like yourself and I have mm. uh, and other people not that I'm against news agents I just think well, it's a bit of a bonkers yeah. trade to be in um, but when adults take advantage of kids in that regard, um, I think that sets up a bit of a, a dislike for producing and earning money. Also, the mad thing, like with the age things on minimum wage, what the hell's mm. that about? Everyone should have, everyone should be the same. If everyone's equal, why can't a sixteen-year-old be paid the same as a twenty-nine-year-old? Oh well, a twenty-nine-year-old's got children. It's got, but they're still doing the same work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I, I personally think it's it's immoral. Just give them the same as anyone else would, or you know, um, yeah, because because it's weird. We we do that, and then but we're happy for a Chinese person to earn, or an Asian person to earn X amount of pence abroad to do the same job, uh, which mm. is even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree. So so that yeah, so that just creates a, a sort of conflict doesn't it with even the concept of of, of having money and and yeah. spending money and, and you know being rich or, or you know i mean i mean it's, it's it's for me it feels like it certainly it's like riddled with with just confusion and conflict um i think that's the idea isn't it yeah yeah uh, confuse yeah. the majority and uh, the minority shall uh, gain from it yeah 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 so let, let's be honest when, when were you educated at school on the subject of money did you have any day at all on the subject of finance no, no okay how many days did you spend studying uh, the periodic table and pythagoras rule um well probably quite a lot um but and how much of that have you used none i mean how much, of that, did I even, <laughs> how much yeah. of that did i even listen to at the time yeah you know none. so uh, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, the system set up there for you to never know never know uh, yeah that's a good point that's a good point i mean i i've been yeah I, li I like it when i like referring to education as indoctrination um i think that's a yeah. very good way of just sort and of, that's not against um, teachers because most mm. most teachers i've met are genuine they really want to help and mm. most people get into the system really wanting to help but then the mm. system does something to those people yeah 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 and so this this is uh, poorly educated man then um uh who's fighting and selling porn in school playground ended up um uh having a stream of jo well i thought was interesting jobs so what are the give us a list of some of your most interesting jobs and and you know what you've learned from them and and all that kind of stuff well uh god what did I, I first i was in a music shop uh like in back in the day of the early 90s they had the youth training scheme which was more slave labor so you'd go and do a regular job and get paid 30 pound a week um and then you'd have to claim your travel expenses uh, this was the only way you could incentivize shops or people to employ people as like yeah just just give them the same amount of money that you would spend on your, your coffee and fags for the week that would be uh that would be fine incentive um, so I did that, uh, but I was so into the equipment that I never actually really sold any. <clears throat> I wanted to take everything, every delivery that came in, I took it out of the box. So I was like, I've got to use it, I'll read the manual. And uh, the owner was like, uh, we'll just keep it in the box, we, we don't need to do that. Um, 
So he sort of uh, had a word with his friend who owned a recording studio and said, I think this guy's into record. I think he might be of use to you. So he had a conversation with me and the guy said, uh, would you like to work at the studio? He says, I need someone. Can you do this? And can you do blah? And would you be able to rewire it and do all that? And I was like, yeah, I hadn't. I had no experience with it at all. I just read it in a magazine. Um, but I got there and uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to do it all. So thankfully I read it all correctly. Um, so from there I worked in the studio, but then sometimes the pay weeks were a bit weak because I was paid by the hour. So if the studio didn't, it was a weird studio because it, he didn't want to advertise because he didn't want to attract the wrong crowd, mm. uh, i.e. the paying crowd, I would expect. Um, so sometimes you're just sitting there waiting for word of mouth to fill your pockets and it just doesn't quite work like that sometimes. Um, so I had to get a job, which was horrible. Um, well, a proper job. Well, sorry, proper job. As you're educated to get. Yeah, so I worked yeah, in a yeah. factory, did the night shifts, did all that stuff. Uh, started drinking a lot. Um, then oh, I've done door-to-door -door sales. Uh, do you remember Kirby vacuum cleaners? Uh, yeah. So those. I was great at getting people into houses because apparently I have some sort of charismatic charm. Um, I didn't scare the wits out of people at the door and go, "Hello, I'm black." I'm not false, so I'm pretty genuine. And sometimes I would just do it for a Mickey take, and people would still invite me in. You know, I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I know you've heard it all before. This free gift, it won't be free. However, you may be entertained for an hour or two. Have you got anything to do right now? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. So I just let people in. Um, so we did that. Uh, what else have I done? I've gone off in subjects of mental health. I even at one point set out training to be a commercial pilot. Uh, I actually got a well-paid job, saved up the money, borrowed quite a bit from the bank to fund the rest of it, and then balls it all up. Uh, but um, yeah, I d wasn't able to finish that because of um, poor financial management and I let my heart rule my head, so to speak. Mm. Uh, which is a weird thing, that goes all the way back to when I was a child uh, because yeah. I wanted to have an airline, as you do. Yeah. Um, but then as I got older, I, 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 I shrunk the goal. I then yeah. wanted to just have a plane. And then as I got older, I shrunk the goal more. So I, I'd like to be able to just fly. And my goal was shrunk to such a point that I thought, you know what, I'd love to be a slave for an airline where I spend a hundred grand training just to be shat on by the airline and made redundant and furloughed whenever the hell they want. Uh, so that was then my working objective, which I even failed in that. So uh, that, that ended up in bankruptcy pretty much. So yeah, that was bankruptcy number one. Yeah. <laughs> you all right there? <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My life's like Frank Spencer, but in the noughties, really. And I'm not that camp. Well, I am sometimes. I'm wearing a pink shirt, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it must be camp. Right, yeah. yeah, so now, obviously, um, you found podcasting and, and uh, Father mm. Fiddy and and, um, and the best a man can get. So is this the, you know, where, where what's the dream and what's got you here? And, yeah. <laughs> dream. Uh well, I did actually previous one of my weird thoughts of logic was because I couldn't even at the in late twenties I had no idea what I want to be. Well, in, in essence, I did. I wanted to be a star or something. Um, so I thought I can't make my mind up over what job to do because I still even in my twenties I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, it's going to take four years of learning. It's going to take this. It's going to take that. I was like, oh Christ. So I thought, hang on, an actor 
gets to be any job they want to be. You know, you look at the likes of Tom Cruise. He's how, in all his films, how many different types of being has he got to be? And he studies them and does them. So I thought, I could do all that if I was an actor. So I took up performing arts. Um, however, into the performing arts, it then soon became clear to me that I can't remember lines. Uh, I have no ability to remember. Like, if you were to ask me what I said three minutes ago, I have no idea. So this is why every interview I will do is, pro is a completely new unit of time, because I have no recollection of what happened before. So in regards to learning lines, it was horrible. But... I, uh, I had to learn the skill of improvisation or uh, handle it more. Uh, so I can improvise. I can work on my feet, uh, especially in regards to humour, uh, as a coping mechanism or whatever you'd want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I got into the acting. But then it had to. I had to make some money. So I didn't even finish the course. Um, I started a film production company because I had a video camera in the days. Digital film cameras weren't common. I had the, the Apple Mac, so I could do the film editing. So I thought there was one project, and I, I made a bid for it, and I got it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm a film company now. Yay! But it was corporate stuff. Um, yeah, so that disinterested me because I got more interested in nightclub promotion, um, which was another stupid via, another way of having fun. And then I found out that nightclubs don't pay you, really. They're just bastards. At the end of the day, they ply people with liquor, predominantly underage people. They give them drugs. Do you honestly think they're going to pay you fair and square and on time? No. So they're not the kind of people you really want to do business with, to be fair. And that is a, a wild generality of mine. But, you know, look at how they make their money. And is that a worthwhile business partner? No, no, I don't think so. So anyway, that was another thing. So yeah. podcasting, I... I was running out of options and time in life to do things. Uh, and I've got a face for radio, so I thought, oh, maybe I could do that. But um, I saw a lot of podcasts that actually were having an impact on me over the last year or two. I've seen um, Grant Cardone in several interviews, and watching him in certain interviews or just by searching him, I found the likes of Lewis Howes, uh, Brian Rose, um, and, and others. And it was like, oh, wow, there's this whole world of entertainment. Because I don't watch TV. I don't have a TV license because I don't wish to sponsor the BBC's paedophile ring. So I just watch things like uh, YouTube and whatnot um, and podcasts. And I thought, you know, that's really cool because you get to meet so many people and do such great things. Mm. And back to the subject of money, if you're really good at it, you can write it all off as tax costs because everywhere you're going is an expense. Everything you were is an expense. So if you actually make a good income from it, it's a good mm. job to be in. Uh, but the overall thing I want to do it for is, is the meeting of people. And because I was at such a low point in my life, if I'm meeting these people who have actually overcome, I would hope or expect it would rub off on me. So as mm. a pro survival thing, I thought it was a good thing to pursue and be involved in. Yeah, wow. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, so cool. you, you had a low point and um, was there a moment... Um, of in, it was an age or a, or a moment in your life that can be defined as a, as a sort of a shift or an awakening moment or midlife crisis, whatever people call Ooh. it, that sort of trans you know, shifted you into a new reality. And you know, um, yeah, it's been peaks and troughs. I can recall the first trough was moving from uh, up north where I had all friends and family to the middle of nowhere in Wales. This is no disrespect to Wales, but it was a huge shift to where 
there's no one around you um, mm. and then going to high school in a in another country and in some ways Wales is a foreign land and people don't respect that or acknowledge the fact that it is another country mm. uh, they have their own mores and traditions and ways of being and their whole lifestyle um, and people should face up to that instead of just going oh that's a nice little cottage we'll buy that you're going to another country you're going to have to respect the way of life otherwise it's going to be a problem for you um so um where would it have really started yeah the bullying didn't help um but oddly enough most of those bullies i'm friends with now uh so th they started the downward curve but then i think once i had that curve most of that is probably my own um yeah i, I don't know whether, whether people do things for self-pity um i i was never looking for that uh, or any form of pity but i did i could see in a lot of humanity um something i didn't like and i didn't want to be a part of it uh and on a spiritual sense i see no reason why you couldn't just depart the species and go find another species or another place in time and pick up the ball then it's a bit like taking a time out that's how i saw it so um i think from the age of 11 or 12 i've pretty much every week it's very rarely been a point that i can recall where i was genuinely happy where i actually just didn't like life at all and i hated it and i spent about 30 odd years like that some degrees because of the podcasting in the last five four or five weeks there's not been much time where i've hated life or it's not been to a point where i've started considering right what's the plan of action to get out of this uh, but you could say it's a good job i'm a failure because i haven't blowing my brains out i haven't sat in a car and choked myself or whatever mm. uh, but then i've also got i have to conflict with pride i don't want people to inherit or find the mess i've made or deal with it um that's one of the inconvenience of people winding up dead is that someone else has to pick up the shit uh, also children take it very personally so i can't do that as i have a daughter so i'm, I'm obligated to stay alive at least for another six or eight years anyway uh, or you can masquerade and hide it all as an accident. I think many people have had accidents that people think are accidents. I doubt they were. Yeah. Wow. Well. Well. Thank you for for talking so uh, so vulnerably about vulnerably about that. Really. Um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't put any jokes in that though. But I was just, no, just... no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's important. You know, it's an important subject, really, and an important um, thing to talk about. And and um, you mentioned. Uh, um yeah sorry i'm i'm just just i mean the um so yeah it's thrown me a bit to be honest it's so it's so deep so it's so so vulnerable but so if you um I'm just trying to get myself back on track a minute. Um, Have you just found that VHS tape? Is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> so there it is under that magazine. I just found it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've completely lost my thread now. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Oh, uh, okay. It's really. Well, it's really... In in relation to your question about where did it start and stop, it's been ongoing for thirty odd years. I've had highs and lows. I've seen shrinks. Um, and the weird thing is, I'm, 
Um, therapists are meant to have a positive res re result. When mm. I've been, when I was out in the sticks and I was like, go see the doctor. And he, yeah, I want to end it all. And he's like, do you want to blow? Do you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, we'll get you some help. So when the therapist comes round and they have this, I don't know if you're familiar with like Victoria Woods, there's certain personalities and characters she would invent that were like, yes, yes. They were, they were trained to be soft and sickly mm. empathetic. I'd find that hilarious. I couldn't sit there and talk to this fake fraud that's sitting in front of me who knows the subjects of psychology. It's like, yes, yes. And she's running on these certain rote routines and mechanisms. So that made me laugh. So I was like, oh, this is bollocks. Um, even a recent employer sent me off to a psychiatrist or, or a psychologist. I couldn't, the whole scenario of the discussion was just weird. Like the fact that she was 15 feet away in another chair. It was like a weird James Bond scene where I'm over on the other side of the room and she's over there and she's wanting to, she's talking so gently, but she had these weird mannerisms that were like, that's neurotic. She's a neuro, what's she doing as a counsellor? How is she helping me? She's mad as a box of frogs. Um, yeah, and there was other things like, they were like, oh, write down, write down what you, uh, the, the the hates that you have or the or the, or the the antagonism you feel write it down and then and then tear it up and i was like can i burn it can i set fire to it and she's like i, I wouldn't advise that james i wouldn't i wouldn't oh, okay i was like how about pillows like if i got a good knife could i just stab lots of pillows because that's meant to be really good and she's like I, I wouldn't recommend doing any of that james oh, and i'm dear, like fuck dear. you are boring um I, I think there's great if i got a shotgun and just blew the shit out of everything in my living room i think i'd feel good to be a moment of oh i've got to clean it all up but the th that yeah. there's far greater therapy i think from destroying some stuff um than sitting there for hours with a psychotic that's yeah. just my opinion I, you know i'm sure not all therapists are mental um well but yeah. I, I think the system itself is a nut house and probably makes them worse well, I mean, you make yeah, you make a good point. I mean, when I, when I did my um, psychosynthesis, I did a psychosynthesis, psychosynthesis course in London, which is yes. a, a, a sort of a, a transpersonal um, psychology, and that yeah, um, well, the word itself would mean spiritual change, wouldn't it? Psychosynthesis. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, but even doing that, um, I found found a similar thing, like uh, because I was possibly one of the most outspoken in the group, and um, and seemed to be uh, that keen. Uh, I got sort of somehow got manually sort of roped into being the the, 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 the group's uh, I can't remember what they called it, but the community advisor or something. So I was the one oh, yeah. that collated all the problems that, that that were going on for them in the course, and then went yeah. and had a meeting with the one of the people, you know, one of the leaders there, and and sort of discussed problems you've had not we could get and and you know I'd, i would sort of say things like you know well um we haven't uh got wi-fi here um and you know people were saying that that's a bit of a problem um you know and they want to be able to um, do some stuff uh things like that or, or just very practical things like uh you know they're saying that they haven't been emailed this yet and they want that and then and then she would kind of sit there and go well how does that make you feel <laughs> <laughs> Um, makes me well, it wasn't about off. you, was it? Yeah, <laughs> it's stuff because they haven't, you know, haven't got what they want, and they're, yeah. they're managing to be about it, you know. So, uh, yeah. what would you like me to do about that? Well, 
action. Wi Fi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best forms of therapy is just change your environment and get active. Just do something. Sitting there in your ivory tower mulling over shit, it isn't going to get you anywhere. Unless they're charging by the hour and then they have to mull over a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things to think about, Spencer. You need to sit and think about this while the clock is running and we're billing the government for it. Yes. I know, I see. And I've remembered what I was going to say earlier as well. Like when you were talking about failure and, and, and how, you know, just feeling such a failure and, and, and the fact that you uh, are keeping going. I mean, um, I suppose... You know, the, the although I, I think I think I can relate to the feelings. I've never I never really felt like a failure because um, I just don't really believe in the concept. Um, mm. um, you know, and even if you did, and and I, and I think he, uh, yeah. So I suppose the 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 is the concept of feeling a failure possibly the actually failure itself is a bit like fear, isn't it? When you when you actually go and look at it and think, well. Well, what is it? What does failure mean to me? And what would actually happen for me to feel like I've failed? Or it's the same mm. with fear. If you look into it, well, what would actually happen um, if I really go into that fear? What's the worst case scenario? And often it's just like there's nothing there. And you're like, oh, I don't even really know what that failure, failure looks like. Well, that's what I find anyway, but I don't know if that works well, relate to you a bit. For me, I can I can relate to the, the subject of failure is benchmarked by two things. You can only gauge failure if you are. Uh, or the concept of it, if you were to compare yourself to others, because then you've got a benchmark, you can in your mind go, well, compared to that, I'm not this. Or the yeah. other or the other way of failing is to have a goal and not get to it. And that's it. The first one I talk of is completely in your own head, because really you shouldn't be comparing yourself to anyone. From what I can see, and I think Jordan Peterson said it, has said it the best in most recent books I've read, um, you should only compare yourself to a past unit of time. Have you made progress? Don't ever compare yourself to someone else because other people can change at speeds. They've got different circumstances. They've got a whole different set of variables. Even though the mechanics themselves are the same, all their life variables are going to be completely different. So comparing yourself to someone is an insane thing and uh, you're just chasing a ball that you can't see or perceive in any way. Whereas a goal, that is the only way you can say you failed. Now, if you didn't start on that goal, then I suppose by definition you failed. However, if you start on that goal and you're doing something, is that a failure or is that a, a progression? Just not fast enough. You know, it, it's just a case of you haven't judged the time involved correctly. Um, so yeah, without going into the whole philosophies of that, that that's how I see the failure nowadays. Um, I'm wrongly so, I've compared myself to others. And the way it says the system sets you up for that. I keep referring to this system. It's a big, vague entity that you can't attack because it's this big, mythical mm. beast with no actual head. Um, I think there's a lot of things that set you up for comparing to others, the way the media presents it. You're always going to benchmark yourself against others. You can't help it, so to speak, unless you just turn the damn thing off. Because mm. if you're not aware of competitive stuff out there, would you be that bothered after a few days? I don't think so. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I mean, that's a, and actually, I said that I didn't really relate to to feeling failure so much, but the way you highlight it there by comparing yourself to other people, I would definitely, yeah, obviously that, yeah. So I do feel that one definitely because, I mean, I yeah, I just sort of saw that more as as, as I mean, they they I think I read once that you can um, 
you know, being sort of uh, jealous or, or um, concerned that someone else has got something you haven't is a good step because it's the first step towards realizing that, that, that you haven't got something you want and it's the first step towards progressing to getting that thing. So if you're mm. seeing someone that, that you, you, so I, I suppose I tend to embrace the competition of it a little bit more. And if I see someone that, um, that I think, oh, you know, they're doing better than me or I'm not doing quite that good. Um, I suppose sometimes I can feel a failure, but yeah, generally I just tend to, um, tend to enjoy the competition of the, of the thing and think, well, you know, um, uh, I've seen something I want and, and sort of go for that. Um, so the, so I suppose the, 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 yeah, the, the, I I don't know. I wonder if that's more present focused than, 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 you know, so it could, you could argue that the comparing to someone else. Um, in the right way could be more present focused because you could say right this person's got this and right now I haven't got this mm. so what do I need to do in my life to get this because I want this um, could end up being a positive thing and whereas if you're comparing to a unit of time you could be going um, well I didn't have this yesterday and uh, and and um, I haven't got it today but maybe I can get it tomorrow so in my mind that feels like you could almost get get stuck in the in the past based on what you used to have or what you thought you should have had and then in the future based on what you think you're likely to get um, rather than if you look now and say well what, what do I want right now uh, mm. rather than fixing it on you know so you know the, the, the they say don't they that you know the perfect moment is is right now um, and um, that, can't that I would see is definitely true for action in regards yeah. for a goal or something, you, you refer to the it having it. It depends if the it is a physical possession or I think a more valid goal to pursue is one with a purpose. Mm. Because if you've got a purpose or reason for doing it, uh, you you become something at the end result. Uh, let's just say I wanted to be not a champion bodybuilder, but I wanted to get into it again and, and, and be at a sort of a level that's comparable to other bodybuilders. Then what is my purpose for doing that? If I establish a purpose, then I think I'm going to be the journey to get there is going to benefit me anyway. Like, OK, it would make my life a bit more comfortable. I'd be more physically able. I'd have more energy. I'd be more focused. I'd have blah, 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 blah. So the purpose for doing this is not just a physical gain. It's a spiritual training. It benefits my family. It would benefit my group because I'd be more present. There's all these other things that would I could tie into that. Mm. So on that journey, my benchmark then of, yes, I could measure my biceps in the centimeters or whatever and have they grown this week and I could do the physical stuff, but the purpose of doing it is the bigger thing. And I think you don't necessarily need to then compare yourself to others because it's then, how am I doing in relationship to others as opposed to mm. a, a comparison? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I can see what you're saying. You can be motivated. You can go. I want a million pounds. Why? You know, you could get a million pounds. Uh, you just got. How long are you going to take? You know, most people will learn a million over forty years. Mm. Now, did you want a million pounds next week? Okay, you're going to have to get moving a bit. But why? You know, uh, yeah, some yeah. people who who are desperate, they need to feed the family. That they'll go rob a shop or whatever. They'll make it happen now. Why? Okay, it was a bad thing, but the purpose was blah they had a purpose and that's what drove them on um mm. so i think if you want to have a goal or get something you've really got to have a purpose for doing it 
and, and yeah, what it yeah. makes you become at the end of it as well you know what do you want to be i think is better than what you want to have yeah i would i would agree yeah yeah definitely so would you say that the the when you sort of you know, when you talk about your your low low times and and you know and sort of really just staying around your daughter and stuff would would um would you say that's linked to 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 loss of purpose in those moments i suppose or the feeling of loss of purpose um yes that when you don't know what to be uh mm. that that's a, a bit of a problem uh, because the weird thing is, at, at school or young uh, people, the pressure is put on, what do you want to be? Mm. Like, uh, you're asking a, an eight-year-old, and they go, oh, I want to be a spaceman. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. Let let him have his goals trashed as he realises that that's a pretty tall order, um, unless he's got a real good plan. <laughs> you know, if, if, Let's help him do this. But no, most people just pat on, oh, that's nice. And then 10 years later, they're working in a supermarket, hating what they're doing. Uh, no disregard to supermarket work, but there are plenty of ambitious people there who do a terrible job, not because they're not able, it's because they bloody hate themselves for getting in that trap. Uh, and so they just take it out on everyone around them. Um, so, that I, I get hit sometimes with many thoughts. I don't know which one to pick out now. Give me the question again. I'm going to give you a snap answer on that. Well, it was yeah. Did, did you do you um, or would you link the the, the, the times? Because obviously we're not always in those spaces, are we? They're, they're, okay. they're you know they're movable, aren't they? You know, and, and I've I've been there and feel like you know the the world's about to end and completely powerless and and, and not really knowing, you know, and and my world's about to end, you know, and and. Um, not really knowing how to put myself in the world and yeah for me i can certainly feel like it relates it relates yeah. to not knowing, not knowing purpose really um, oddly enough i've never felt powerless i've always felt overwhelmed by options either from my own mind or the 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 environment and, yeah. and it's i i don't know where to direct the power um what oh, to wow. destroy first or what to handle first uh, I have too many things. I, we've discussed this in prior conversations on the subject of meditation. Uh, my mind is bombarded with numerous thoughts at the same time. Uh, and that's why I can't meditate. I, I, I'm constantly advised every day. Somebody is telling me, you should meditate. Uh, and, it, and it's getting like... Oh, uh, but so, <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah. Uh, um, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah. I mean, uh, that, yeah. Well, I won't. I won't say anything about meditation then, because uh, because that. No, no. I don't, don't mean that in a negative way. It's it's yeah, there's yeah. so. I just. I'm going to have to get someone with me. So I am seeking someone I could have confidence and trust in, and someone who I see is doing it successfully. Not someone who goes, mm. "Oh, I read it in a book once. Let's go meditate." It's like no. You, uh, I need a hardcore disciplinarian to get me to do it correctly. Uh, and then once that, I've got the gist of it and I've cognited on it and gone, ah, then fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens to me then. It's a bit like you say about taking action. You know, you say you can't do it, but, you know, who can't, who can't sit in a sit in a room and uh, on their own and, and, you know, try and try and manage their thoughts? It's, it's um. It's not easy, me. or is it? You don't have to do that. You just have to sit uh, still. 
you know, so there's a, it will get to a point where you're, it's just going to have to be an action. If you, if you want to do it, you're just going to have to sit there and learn it. I think that's my, my yeah. I'm quite able to confront and sit there and, and be, well, am I able to be there? I could sit for hours staring at someone's face and just sit there. However, my mind, that's, that's, that's just a way to the thoughts. I'll be thinking everything that I'll be put, whoever's in front of me, I'm, I'm taking their mock up and I'm putting it in another universe and we're doing things together and we're off doing, whilst I'm sitting there. Yeah. Like this, I, I could quite, but what's going on here? You know, as a child, what's weird. Um, See, I get all these flashbacks when I talk about these things. It's quite therapeutic speaking to you people. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to... I'm even doing it now. Um, I used to play with uh, string uh, or something. And I would... Like an Arab. It's like I'm like a previous life Arab or something with worry beads. Um, I would just... I don't know what, why my parents would let me do it. But from an early age, I don't even know what happened. I would actually go in another room on my own and go off on a mental journey and and they would they called it twiddling or something because i would always be playing with something and i for you even now i pick up objects and i'm just i'm offered a mindscape i used to like as a kid sit there and i learned how to operate trains and how to do these things and i would imagine if i was the train driver the whole route i'd run the whole bloody in real time wow um and I would do this, and this is that was my universe. I was in this mental universe, and to some degree, I'm probably still in there. Yeah, yeah. I need to use it to my benefit as opposed to wasting it. But the, the odd thing I realized in recent months is the amount of energy I expend because mental energy is a form of energy. And if you're thinking stuff, it is tiring. Uh, you should really put it into action. I've one of the things, if I do an intensive study period of like two or three hours, I am ravenously hungry because the amount of energy I consume just going through whatever it is can be quite tiring. Um, so, yeah, my mind's uh, quite specialised in, in my disappearance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, I can relate to a lot of that as well, definitely. And and I think I had a similar thing um, growing up as a kid with with daydreaming I referred to it as and it's like you're not allowed to daydream you know like if you're it's like come on stop daydreaming or and and um you know and, I was and, promoted and, to do it because <laughs> it got me out of the way you know nowadays parents give kids games consoles or tv and they just yeah, shut up yeah. me it was like oh go in the other room then yeah sure yeah. great and it was and, it, and, it, and there's this I think there's this it feels like there's this um there's this sort of uh programming that, that the system kind of sells you which is around um you know um that, that daydreaming and thinking isn't useful and that physical practical action is so we've which mm. so we've sort of like grown up with certainly my generation and, and even more so the generation before grow up with this sort of like in my opinion idea that, that, that we're not successful unless we're physically moving and physically doing something um, whereas, you know, a lot of uh, great people spend an awful lot of time, you know, sitting on their own thinking and daydreaming and, and just giving that to themselves, the, the ability to, you know, because all, this, all these thoughts, uh, you know, in my opinion, they're all in your head, they've all got to come out. And sometimes we just need a lot of time. Certainly I, I have done and, and, and a lot of times mm. to, to sit through and think all that and 
give that to yourself. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so, you know, what, you know, it's, it's um, I think it's a valuable um, part of life that we've, that certainly I was uh, felt restricted through, through, every, through the whole of society, really. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I think um, thought is, is the primary cause to anything. You've got to have the thought first, that sort of first postulate. The weird thing is, though, the way this dark thing that's going on in the world right now, the problem is if a human being has a thought, they're liable to go and cause something to happen. They don't want that. Mm. Thinking is a dangerous thing because if you have an idea and then act on it, ooh, mm. you're, you're, not, you're not tying into the way it's mapped out to be. So the daydreaming, the, the having ideas or original thought is a... Um, a dangerous thing and that's probably why it's uh, naturally being bred out among society to be avoided but you mm. ain't going to get anything original you're not going to get any great thing well to be honest there is no original thought because you're always using language so you're already using someone else's thoughts by thinking a thought but there's no evolution of there's no progress if we stop uh creating within our mind then how are we going to actually get anywhere but then that's but, but then that, that's the game isn't it it's we're being duped yeah. into not thinking. And yeah, yeah. Just do motion. Just let someone else do the thinking, which is not much thought in any way, really, anyway. Um, and just follow along and you'll be good and life will be perfectly peachy. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a lie. Because <laughs> most, because the current life system, I think, is shit. It's yeah, just my, I would agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, and I think it needs to be said in conversations. Like, you know, the, the, the yeah. I mean, it's quite a negative. People tell me off being negative, and and it's not um, negative. It's observable. This is another thing that's used against you, isn't it? It's a weaponized thing. Negativity is a weaponized thing. If you point something out, like if you're in a work environment, they go, "Oh, we need to get blah blah blah," or "We need to get." 22 sales on the board today and we're a great team if we do that and you point out well these customers don't need this product because the product's not that good oh you're negative i'm not being negative i'm, I'm observing a truth your pro your product is crap we're selling a lie uh it's it's not being negative i'm pointing out that the team is negatively focused on selling an overt product to society when really what we should be doing is making a better product that's positive. That's what I'm saying. But no, you'd be the sheep would say you're negative. Yeah, yeah. I've been having some good awakening experiences recently, walking out on the on the hills and seeing all the sheep. And um, when, they're, <laughs> when they're out on the mountains here like this, you kind of look at them. You think, well, who's the who's really the one suffering here? Because they're all out on the mountains, like just roaming about, having a whale of a time eating grass and we're all the ones in, you know, locked up in locked up in our houses, you know, at the moment. Yeah. And, um, I think and, of all the diseases sheep have to deal with. Uh, yeah. They've they've got like masses of ticks and all sorts going on, and itches and burns and things going on there, under their skin and in their coats, and their coats get really heavy when it rains and all this <laughs> stuff. And yeah, they're, they're, I'll just go out and eat some grass. Yeah, just they're loving it. Just they just sit there looking at the looking at the landscape, you know. I think yeah. yeah they got it first. <laughs> so um, yeah, so tell me about your um, your your uh, sort of life in terms of your, uh, I, you've got a child. Uh, you mentioned your yes. child. I think you're divorced now. Um, so 
So never got married. You, you never got married. Okay. No, no, so one of those sinners, that. horrible okay. sinners. Just tell me a bit about that and your relationship, and now you know your relationship with your daughter, and, and really, yeah, a bit about that side of yourself, really. Okay. Uh, it was a work-based relationship, as are many. Um, I was attracted to her work ethic and the way her presence and discipline. Uh, and she was excellent with children. She is excellent with children. I'm not saying was. I'm not using a past tense. Um, but our purposes and goals didn't align. Uh, we are two very different people. I, in no way am I being disrespectful to my ex-partner. Uh, she's the mother of my daughter. Uh, she's a great mum. And But we are very different in the way we approach things and the way we see things. And... Could we spend four or five hours in the same space? No, it's uh, it, it can be tough for both of us. Um, she's had her own issues. Uh, well, issues that sounds like a negative thing. Uh, illnesses uh, in regards to physical ail uh, conditions, which are all handled and great. But there's been times where we didn't think she was going to be around. So that was an interesting incentive because that caused me to do my own business to work from home or set it up so if the case being that I had to be I was a single father with a daughter then at least I could work around her schooling and etc as opposed to the nine to five or the shift patterns where you constantly have to fight to be a parent where it's mm. well it's not in line with what our customers want yep yeah, fuck the customers I can't be a parent right now isn't that not a senior thing perhaps um, but anyway you have that sort of thing and battle so I, I set me up for a sort of self-employment but yeah, we're separate. We've been separated oh, about six or seven years now. We actually had separated before my daughter was born. Uh, but then my partner found out she was pregnant. So we sort of got back together for, for the good of my daughter and to see if it could work again. But I think deep down we knew it. it we, we couldn't. Um, so, yeah, we've separated amicably. We have two separate homes. She... My daughter's with me the days my partner's working nights or working days. Uh, so it's all an amicable thing. I haven't been torn apart by the child support agency. Uh, we, we cover the cost equal. I don't. I think, to be honest, I am very lucky because there are times I should have chipped in more. I, I haven't been able to um, for my weird pursuits, but I would like to be able to put in more for contribution for the clothing. Uh, that that's one of the things and christmas i always feel a bit rubbish about christmas because my ex-partner can get my daughter some great stuff and then i i come with my my my, my shitty little offering and it's that can be a bit disappointing uh but that's in myself that that's not out there um so yeah we've coped well my daughter has she has her problems sometimes i feel guilty like am i the source of that am i the cause of that um but on the whole, there's a great creative being in there, but she's certainly, she's not your average, not that you should ever compare anyone to anyone anyway, but there's something very different about her. I can't say not quite right, because then there's positives to it. Uh, I, I just don't see how her creative, she has a lot of mind things like I did at her age, probably, uh, except I was very good at blending in with the community and keeping my mind thing whereas my daughter is in her mind thing uh, so mm. it's very hard for for the people in the real world to communicate with her because 
she's in this huge mind thing that's going on. Yeah, how old is she? Ten. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I mean, from my, well, from the little experience I've got of, of children that age, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's alone. I think it's a common thing, you know, there, there's mm. so many distractions. We've been at work. Yeah, we've been we've we've known and seen that there's certainly issues from about the age of five. Now I don't know whether it's positive or negative, but the local counts the school is being great, but every all the other services oh she's on lists for this she's on lists for this she's, nothing's happened in five years absolute garbage. Um, she's had evaluations and all these expensive shrinks or whatever they've probably billed a council but have they done anything with it no which in some ways is positive because i'm probably glad that the shrinks haven't got their hands on her because they will just screw her up um i sound like i'm quite negative towards psycho at the end of the day there's an agenda here to just to fill our kids with as many psychotropic drugs to handle their problems and thankfully she's we've remained to keep her away from that sort of um that that's that path because i i would fight everything against that yeah yeah so i'm glad yeah, in well, some ways that the council has failed yeah and 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 sort of so how's your and how's your relationship with uh emily do you we ooh, it can blow hot and cold i don't think i've been the best father and not been the most tolerant of it sometimes it's quite difficult to deal with uh, but then that's only when I start comparing to others and I'm like oh that dad had a full-on conversation with his child um, it's very rare that happens with me uh, the fullest conversation we get to go on about is Disney princesses uh, and what they're doing or whatever or yeah um, I, I think we need to reduce the uh, what well, I do uh, I sometimes let my daughter get away with too much of the YouTube and too much of that, but there's nothing else she wants to do. Mm. It gets to that no. point of, it, is it an addiction? Is it a drug for her um, over other things? Mm. Yeah, um, no, but it, it is hard to engage with her. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She doesn't want to go and drink. You have to sort of surprise her all the time. It's like, okay, we're actually not going to school today. We're going to Alton Towers. What? Um, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she just no, won't, she wouldn't cooperate in any way if you were telling her where she's going. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I can so relate to that. And and the 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 age of um, I I feel like you know like a forty year old man. I mean, yours are ten. My my children are six and seven. But when they were younger, they were like five and six. And a, you know, a man sort of coming up to forty, trying to relate to a, a five and six year old. Um, hmm. And, and in your case, ten. And 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 that you know you're you're not part of the family home, and you're not having a sort of a regular, well, certainly for me, I and mean, you're not having a regular um, daily sort of involvement in, in, in them and who they are. Um, it's very easy to, very difficult to, to, to have a conversation, isn't it? It's like, well, what yeah. have we got to say? We don't really have much in common. And the things they do want to talk about, um, like Disney princesses and uh, quite vacuous uh, uh, things, uh, you know, according to, to to what I'm interested in, and so yeah, from 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 a father's point of view, I, I can find that um, very difficult to sort of. It's almost like um, stepping out your own way and trying to really connect with them, isn't it? But it's it's difficult yeah. when there when there's not really there's not really a lot going on there apart from apart from a screen in front of the face, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, 
We we engage a lot uh, drawing. She likes drawing, mm. and sometimes she'll show me how to draw, and we'll we'll do that. Um, yeah. My concern with the whole Disney thing is what it's preaching and its values, and yeah. on a repetitive rote manner. And and what does what sort of future generation does that create? Yeah. Uh, where everything is, there must be a monarchy. The predominance must be slaves. Uh, <laughs> members of the family have to be brutally killed at a young age. Um, th there's there's so many strange things that go on with that whole thing, and every film has the same subtext. So it's like this—that's just pounding out a message here. They're not even being original in the storyline. It's just—they're cuckoo. Um, so yeah, that probably doesn't help. No, no, Disney princesses. Uh, um... I can talk for ages with my daughter about this because at the end of the day, it's—I I find it quite easy to mock up a, an agreement to it, and we can discuss it. But it would be great if if uh, she would make a genuine reach for other subjects. Uh, she hates maths, doesn't want to read, uh, doesn't like writing. Uh, yeah, it's weird because when she was very, very young, before language, I could see in a, a clear engineering skill. She could. Yeah. There was there was a time she was in a pram and she or in a pushchair. She was probably only fourteen, fifteen months old. And she picked up this bolt and she looked at it. And she, in this whole chainmail fence, she found the screw that it went in and put it in. And she was just right like an old man, like an engineer. who's was just like, that's not right. Let's fix that. And I was like, this, this, what the hell? And she showed this, this prowess. And was, I think beneath all that, there is an engineering mind. But in the current system, that's going to uh, break an engineering mind because uh, I don't think engineers no. are engineers anymore. No, no, but you've got to ask, you've got to ask questions of, you've got to ask alternative questions, haven't you, I suppose, to, mm. to, and, and, yeah, we're, we're learning how to stop doing that and just sort of um, politicise everything and, and yeah. play with, yeah, with what we're told, I suppose. I need to get back to basics as a parent. I think the best ways I can get to reality or to get my daughter into the physical universe is more physical tasks. I'm totally getting it now about they should help around the house you should reward them for mm -hmm. contributing because if you, if you don't allow a child to contribute you're killing them but, yeah, yeah, but i think first and foremost you need to get a child to a point where they're aware that they do need to contribute because they are a group not a herd but they are part of a group they're a part of a species you need to contribute mm -hmm. and put out you can't just consume because yeah, it's yeah. going to result in a, a total social destruction and i think many children are consumers already and that's far too dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, um, I, I, when I have the children in the van for the weekend, um, because because it's smaller and the and the and the the, the sides are, are lower and stuff, and when I'm cleaning up and washing up and preparing food and that, they're just all over it. They are literally all over it because they're at the age where they haven't been, uh, they have, hasn't that sort of curiosity hasn't been stripped away from them. Mm. They're, you know, it's like you don't even have to ask them because they can and they and they, and they want to help you and, and it does come naturally. But the, it's mm. almost like, the, um, and as they get older, that, that, that uh, from what I've seen anyway, that just kind of starts to strip away because, like you say, this, this consuming mentality. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Get everything I mean, easy. You don't have to work for anything now. If you want food, order it. Pick up your phone. <laughs> yeah. Don't even have to walk to the kitchen. 
You know, you don't even probably have to struggle to the front door. The guy will come into your house. Well, not at the moment, but I presume at yeah. some future time they will come into your house and put it on your lap for you, all ready to eat with a knife and fork. Well, it'd be uh, some future time. It'll be you probably have a box in your in your back garden, and it'll be delivered to it via a drone, won't it, or something? You know? Yes, already heated and cut up for you, so you don't have to even make the effort of operating cutlery. Well, I had this vision uh, uh, a while back, which was that we'd have a, we'd have all fridges and stuff would be like three D printers. So yeah. you, know, you just go and buy food, you know, you just, you just, you just yeah. put in the fridge what you want and it prints it out into your fridge or your cupboard or whatever and there you go, you know. Yeah, why not? It's a pretty logical thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, still to this day, I don't understand why in the year 2020 I see building sites where people are putting bricks and mortar. We've had the technology yeah. probably for about 60 or 70 years where you could 3D print a house in a couple of days. Oh really? Wow! Yeah, but, but it's like no, no, no. We we need we need this industry, uh, slave industry mm -hmm. manipulation. Yes, you're right. However, <laughs> it is far more productive to 3D print a house. Yeah. I don't yeah. in the 2020. Why are we still building square houses with bricks and mortar and plasterboard and all the other stuff? Just 3D print the bloody thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And just to get, just quickly, just to finish on, on uh, with, with um, the sort of children's story, just because I think uh, of my story at the moment and what my listeners are yeah. going to be uh, listening to. If, if you had um, one moment, if you had like one moment left to say one thing to your child um, and that moment was now, what, what would you say? Get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, run. Are we literally right. tied to one word? It's got to have to be an no, action word. word. No, just, oh, okay. just, a, just, a, just a moment to send, you know, a last message mm. to them, if you like, or, or a present wow. message to them, yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that creates pressure, because then I have to sift <laughs> out just one answer. Uh, <laughs> and then I have to categorise that answer. Is, is that the right answer? Um you know, I did actually write three things down, three key things that I would, the deathbed type thing. Um, I would say primarily, as a, as a source point for living, is be careful who you take your information from. Evaluate everything and, and validate the source of that information. I, I would say that's the primary thing. Validate that source and what is their purpose for giving that information that they give especially if it's free um yeah. what do they gain by it um yeah I, I would say qualify the information you're given the source uh, validate mm. that because the source point in most of the information that's flying around the world is missing and that's probably because it's generalized bollocks there's there, mm. it, there, it's not a factual statement or observation yeah. um yeah. It, 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 there's a classic thing I relate to about people on subjects of science the brain at school all, all kids all teachers say you need memory it's in your brain blah 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 and yet you ask someone okay so who proved that the brain is the source of memory and who's proved how it records data how does it file data how does it retrieve data sift out data like a google search engine how does the brain do that then if the brain is taught to be the thing that records all memory there's never an answer no one knows yet 
every child is coming out of school with the assumption of having been told, yeah, your brain is where the memories are stored. It's never, ever been done. So that's a datum I would question and interrogate. And that's, that's a fundamental educational point. Everybody knows the brain's for memory, but where's the proof? Yeah, well, exactly. And, and the, 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 the closest they can come up to is, is subconscious, isn't it? Which is, which is this thing that, that, that you don't even know exists, but you, can, you need to try and work on and tap into. And you know, <laughs> um, How does that work? I mean, you know, it's like basically saying, we still don't really know, but we'll call it subconscious. Um, yeah, yeah. You have all these learned surge, everything that like, well, we know there's activity there. Yes. Mm. But what's active there? is it a being that's a switchboard i personally from what i've i've gone through lots of stuff and all i found so far about the brain is it's a battery and it's a switchboard that's it so something else is engaging with that brain to manipulate the body and do i i i've seen or not read any data about cellular activity or how it erases data and creates data what's its bit range what's its uh killer what's its bandwidth there's something else not right but i just find it weird that people glibly swallow these facts and data as being true without actually going who said that yeah well it's yeah i mean and and i think there is a lot of it seems to me that there is a shift a little bit now where they are starting to there are people and scientists talking about the heart aren't they and the and how the yes. heart has its own its yeah. own sort of memory and its own um uh action i think yeah science, people who've had heart transplants they get bizarre tastes and desires after the transplant, uh, mm. I read of one lady who'd got a heart transplant from a guy who died in a motorcycle accident, and now she loves a full English breakfast and she liked heavy metal. She didn't like that before the transplant. What occurred there? Incidentally, the, the donor did. Oh wow! Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, mm. And um, I, I asked you. Uh, for parents uh, in my in the sort of pre uh, interview questions for parents uh, suffering with parentation do you have any advice on on um, how they can use the podcast to, to send a message, message of love to their children and uh, your response which i thought was brilliant which was broadcast yourself and um, not the um but stick up your head and communicate and see where the wind blows message in a bottle and all that stuff um, yes <laughs> A great, yeah. a great way of, of looking, just like get yourself out there and get yourself to be seen and um, yeah, and do you. It's, it's like another you. social mechanism of uh, you have to be quiet. Uh, children mm-hmm. should be seen and, what's the, seen and not heard. That's my dad's fantastic, useful operating datum. Uh, mm. Interesting enough, he doesn't communicate with anyone. So great, great datum there, dad. Well done. <laughs> uh, another one of those useful datas is like, uh, don't talk to strangers. Okay, so how are you going to conduct a transaction at any point in your future life if you don't talk to strangers? How are you going to buy a train ticket? How are you going to ask a direction? How are you going to get help from the police? Surely when the policeman knocks at your door, isn't he a stranger? Um, It's just insane, these basic fundamentals. So I I personally think, yeah, you need to get out there. I've ridged against the idea of it myself because I'm like, for whatever reason, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be attacked. Oh, I'm going to be attacked. Screw it. So what? I'm attacked by my own mind if I don't get out there anyway, so I may as well do it. Um, yeah, you've got to communicate, because you will find someone of equal parity, and then as you build that up, you have a, a unified strength and direction. You you do need others to, to cajole you and prod you and help. It, it's You're not going to win it on your own. No man is an island. 
Um, otherwise, how would you even eat without plant life? Well, I, I know your your subject of, of not eating. However, uh, you still need the physical universe for your body to remain in existence. So, it's it's yeah. not an exclusive thing. It's it's a a gradual. Um, you're a component part of everything, whether you like it or not. So you may as well get used to it. And isolating yourself from the species is, well, that is destructive in all ways. So you've got to communicate. Even if it's difficult, well, okay, find other people who can bring out the better in you. Mm. Yeah. But, don't, but don't take advice from idiots. Uh, don't take advice from people who are just making shit up. That's, you've got to validate it. Yeah, validate for yourself. Like, like me, really. I suppose you're going to have to cross-reference me now and validate, well, yeah. who's this guy? What's he on about? You don't have to say anything. You don't have to agree with anything I'm saying. You know, I've been asked a question. I'm answering it. I'm not yeah. putting it in your face saying, you should do this. Because those kind of people that do this, they're the kind of people that need to be removed. <laughs> removed. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, thanks... Uh, thanks so much for your, for your time. This has been this has been great. It's always it's always fun to talk to you, and uh, it always cheers me up. So uh, likewise, we can start doing this more regular, and then I think um, yeah, there's I just feel like there's so many more threads we could go off on, and so much more we could talk about. So, <laughs> um, so many rabbit holes but, in a field, aren't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I better let you get on with your day. But um, yeah, thanks very much. And um, it was um, it was. Yeah, it was it was great fun, and you know, I wish you wish you well for the, for the day and, and the week, really. Well, thank you very much, sir, and uh, thank you for pulling at the strings of my mind to unravel a bit more twine. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, James. All right then. Bye bye. bye.